Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people with news, views and expert interviews. Hello, I'm Steve Randall. Welcome to another episode of Constructive Voices as we head towards the end of October in a year where the cost of materials has been one of the big factors. And we've got a great guest lined up for you today. He's Aaron Henderson. I think the better job that we do planning projects in advance and understanding you know, the material, the timeline, the labor that's going to be required for it, um, will make it make a really big difference there. And, you know, I think as we look at sustainability, obviously, the, the less waste that we have, the better and uh, the more economical we can make these projects, um, the more they can be invested back into uh, to things like net zero and some of those uh, those areas as well. Aaron's from a cloud-based software company called Stack, which aims to keep a lid on construction costs. He'll also be sharing his insights into the construction industry in the US and particularly in his hometown of Nashville. And as usual, Peter Finn, Pete the Builder, is with me too. We'll chat in just a moment. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. So, Pete, once again, we're back and another episode of Constructive Voices. The uh, the year is flying by. We're rattling towards Christmas. Scary, isn't it? Have you got the Christmas decorations up yet, Pete? <laughs> no, not quite the, the Christmas decorations, <laughs> but the Halloween ones are definitely uh, well and truly being, being spoken about. So, yeah, it, uh, the year is flying by. Um, everybody's busy, busy. I'm, I'm currently on site. I'm, I'm doing some work in a gym, so you may hear some uh, some background background noise there with some some uh, ladies and gentlemen out there pumping the iron. You know. Yeah, well, let's just clarify. When you say you're doing some work in the gym, <laughs> does that mean you're doing some work on your your body or you're doing some construction work just so people no, know a, a bit of both it is a gym that i do frequent but um i'm, I'm here on business at this moment in time i'm, I'm, uh, okay. I'm checking out a, a, a bit of roof work so um but it's a very active gym and uh, there's lads in the background there getting getting uh, getting their workout done so we've a, a very good guest on today we have yeah and he's um He's a guy who's, I mean, for full disclosure here, we spent about the first 10 minutes before we started actually recording the interview talking about music because he's based in Nashville, Tennessee, which, of course, is one of those iconic locations. Aaron Henderson is from Stack CT, and their whole focus is software to help with estimating, cost planning, all of that side of things. It's cloud-based software, and it's really about how the construction industry can use technology and this is something we talk about a lot Pete use technology just to make the whole process more efficient streamlined save time save money and I know this is clearly a big thing for you and and everybody else in the construction industry especially with the cost of everything at the moment yeah absolutely Steve it's always good to get perspectives from different areas in the world to see are we all facing the same challenges or is there different challenges in different regions cost of construction and uh, the, the challenges related to that are paramount to, to pretty much everyone that I know in construction. And Aaron delves into that and, and he does give us some insight into how that is, is happening in their region also in terms of the cost of construction has gone, has gone up and then labour shortages are definitely an issue as well. Okay, Pete, well, I'll let you go and do some bicep curls and we'll come back and talk after the interview. 
Aaron Henderson. Uh, I'm with a company called uh, Stack Construction Technologies uh, based out of Cincinnati in the United States. Um, and I'm a product marketing manager. Um, so I am essentially kind of the voice of the industry, I guess, as it regards um, our products and services and what we deliver. So uh, we are a pre-construction technology originated as a pre-construction technology um, focused on the trades. So we do uh, everything from takeoff and estimating to proposals um, for contractors. That said, we uh, we continue to grow the portfolio of products. Um, so we're moving more and more aggressively into um, some project management and financials and uh, and some of that as well. Great. Well, welcome to Constructive Voices. So uh, Stack CT is headquartered in Cincinnati. You, though, are based in Nashville, aren't you? And um, what a legendary, iconic part of the world that is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Nashville's a great town. Um, so yeah, I've been fortunate to be here and uh, I work uh, remote with with Stack. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great town. And actually, you know, interestingly enough, we've got, uh, you know, everything that happens from the music industry and those things, uh, a lot of healthcare here in Nashville as well. And uh, just a, a massive influx of population to the city too. Um, so a lot of a lot of construction happening here as well. And just to give our listeners in all parts of the world a kind of an overview of what construction is like in Nashville, you know, what type of construction are we looking at? Yeah, so we see things kind of across the board and across kind of all aspects of construction. So um, there's a lot of commercial, obviously, as companies continue to come to Nashville. Uh, So we see a lot of companies who are opening second headquarters or new headquarter offices here. And then along with that, the uh, the population that comes and the employees. So uh, also a big increase in the amount of uh, residential construction, Uh, I would say, with a heavy emphasis really on multifamily. Um, So we're seeing a lot of apartments, condos, high rise condos, uh, those kinds of projects. Okay, well, let's let's dive into some of the big challenges, and many of them will be very common around the industry. Let's start with one of the big ones at the moment, which is certainly a global issue, labor shortages. Like it is, I would say, throughout the U.S. and really around the world, um, you know, we're obviously we're faced with the same issues that most everybody is. um, and, And it's a struggle right now. You know, I think a lot of it goes clear back to the recession in 2008. We had a lot of people who left the industry, you know, and so we've we've got a really big void that obviously we need to all work together to try to fill. I don't think there's probably a silver bullet that addresses it. I think it's a, a lot of different areas and some of them that you all address, you know, how we make construction more inclusive and get more people into the industry, I think is one. Um, you know, I think there's obviously the technology play and how we can leverage technology to overcome some of it. But uh, but yeah, it continues to be a massive, a massive issue that we, we all try to, to work on and face. And it seems to me we've sleepwalked really globally into mm-hmm. this situation. It, it's similar in a way to kind of the truck driver's situation where, you know, people have been doing these jobs often for years, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. decades they've been in yeah. the construction industry and now, and perhaps exacerbated by COVID and other things that are going on, people are thinking, well, that's it. I am now going to retire. Mm-hmm. And we, we haven't ensured that that pipeline of younger people coming into the industry has been full enough. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how are you looking to address that and attract younger and, as you mentioned, more diverse people into the construction industry? Yeah, I think that's the void. And, and it's twofold, right? It's it's one is how do we get the people into the industry? And then two, how do we transfer that knowledge from those, you know, those latter generations to the new generation that's coming up? 
Um, so, yeah, I think we have to look at it as, as we're competing for talent, just like any other industry. And so we have to we have to look to, you know, what other industries have done and are doing. And unfortunately, in construction, we tend to be a bit of a laggard um, when it comes to, to innovation and adoption and and really change as a whole. You know, so I think some of the stuff that we're looking at is, is we, you know, technology is a huge place where if we don't have the right technologies and things um, uh, and, and try to make things as comfortable as we can for the new generation, those are some areas that we can really focus on. I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest ones that we're seeing post COVID is, is flexibility. Um, you know, a lot of industries are moving to remote work and flexible work hours and some of those things. And I think construction's been a little slow to come around to that, but I think it's something that we're starting to um, identify a bigger opportunity for. You know, the other thing I think we'll start to see, Steve, is that we will, you know, we'll see the best and the brightest across geographies, right? So as we go more remote and we introduce cloud-based, you know, softwares and technologies, um, it allows people to collaborate uh, maybe without being in the same cities, the same countries. Um, and so we're able to kind of get um, get the best people from you know, all over, um, which I think will be a really big, uh, really big help to what we're doing. Yeah. And I think technology can't be talked about enough in mm-hmm. terms of the labor shortages for construction, yeah. because, and Pete and I were talking about this on a recent episode, you know, that there will be people who want to get down and dirty on a site, you know, mm-hmm. they want a hammer or a power tool in their hand, they want to be doing that. But yeah. there are a huge group of people who won't want that, but are mm-hmm. interested in technology. And for mm-hmm. them, whether they're working in construction or they're working in healthcare or they're working in uh, some sort of commerce, you know, they will be interested in the technology. And I guess this is where a company like Stack CT can really enthuse people that actually construction is not just about the physical side of things. It is very much about the technology and will be more so in the future. Yeah, without a doubt. I think, you know, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, I actually have a construction management degree and I remember kind of coming up in that. And it was very much there was a this stigma that the construction was exactly that. It's the guy with the shovel, you know, with with dirt up to his waist and, uh, you know, working in a ditch all day. And that's that's just not the reality. Right. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, office jobs and, uh, you know, project management even at this point, you know, is, is, is relatively hands off. So we have to market that and we have to, to help the younger generations kind of see what what construction really is and uh, what it can be and where it's going. And so I think, you know, obviously the technology um, aspect of it, um, you know, I think there's a lot of other things that are coming around as well with, uh, you know, prefabrication and robotics and some of those things, too, that uh, that will be interesting and are going to be, you know, new jobs and something a little bit different from the traditional uh, construction as, as everybody kind of knows it. And are you guys kind of trying to to enthuse those younger generations? Are you reaching out to schools and colleges and, and trying to get you know, young people really excited about the possibility of the construction industry, and particularly as they're as a generation, you know, the younger cohort are so interested in climate change and how sustainable mm-hmm. cities are going to look, and construction is right there at the heart of that. Yeah, without a doubt, we are. And and that too, I would say, takes uh, kind of two aspects. So one is is encouraging the industry as a whole to to do a better job of adopting technology. Um, so we are doing a lot with that where, you know, we're encouraging companies that we work with uh, to adopt more technology and, uh, and 
to change a little bit of how they work and, and move ourselves away from those old traditional methods that we use. And then two is, is reaching out exactly like you mentioned to the universities. Um, we have a really strong university program uh, that we leverage where we provide our software to university programs, um, you know, allowing them to see what construction technology is, what it can do, um, and just kind of uh, trying to make it as, as enticing as we can for, uh, for the up and coming folks. Because it's kind of that whole thing of, yeah, okay, you might say traditionally boys, but not not mm-hmm. always, you know, girls too. You know, yeah. they love as kids, even as babies, you know, as soon yeah. as they're able to do stuff, they're building things, you know, they're putting the blocks on top, you know, and infusing the younger generation that, hey, you know, that stuff you used to really love with, you know, whether it was with building blocks, with Lego, whatever it may be, yeah. you can do that on a huge scale in construction. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, I guess, if you really think about it, right? So we all as kids want to, uh, you know, we're playing with Tonka trucks and doing all those kinds of things. And then somewhere along the lines, for some reason, that loses its luster a little bit. So I think, you know, anything that we can do as an industry to, uh, you know, leverage that and, uh, and yeah, try to encourage people to come in, we, uh, we need to do more of it. It's certainly been the case that since this decade started, it's been one thing after another, hasn't it? With, um, <laughs> you know, with uh, with COVID and then with inflation, the war in Ukraine, which is obviously affecting uh, yeah. not only in inflation, but it's also uh, affecting some supply issues there. You know, mm-hmm. there's the, there's the huge kind of enthusiasm that everybody had to to build back better or to to you know mm-hmm. to really boost infrastructure that all the governments around the world were talking about as we came out of COVID. And of course, that then put even more pressure on materials, which then puts mm. pressure on prices. I mean, yeah. this, I guess, it speaks right to the heart of what Stack CT does with the estimating mm. software and, and, you know, being able to be smarter with working out your costs and keeping yeah. on top of your costs is, yeah. is absolutely key, isn't it? It really is. And I think it's it's one of the biggest challenges that we kind of see as an industry. And it's one of the things that we spend uh, probably the, the most amount of our time uh, trying to help the industry overcome, which is how do we connect all the different parties that are involved in construction, right? So everything from we have the, you know, the building product manufacturers and suppliers that are creating the products. We have the general contractors who are running the projects alongside the architects and owners. We have the trade contractors who are putting things in place. Um, and so I think one of the things that we've spent a lot of time on at Stack is trying to help everybody understand what's happening with material prices. Um, some of the things that we've been doing, we've actually incorporated uh, B&I pricing into our products, um, which B&I, at least here in the States, is a pricing catalog that sort of gives people a general idea of what pricing should be depending on where you're at and where your project is um, for materials across the board. I think it's something like 20,000 plus products that we have in those catalogs. So I think there's a lot that we can do from that perspective um, and continue to do. Uh, the other thing is, is, is trying to figure out how we can better um, connect uh, those building product you know, manufacturers and distributors um, with the trade contractors so that they can, you know, provide pricing quickly that we can, you know, make sure that we get materials where they need to be um, as we understand where pipeline and backlog is. Um, and so, you know, definitely a big focus for us and something we're doing everything we can to try to help ease um, some of the supply chain issues that we have today, for sure. And again, for kind of our international and global listeners, mm-hmm. I mean, we, it's easy to think of the United States as this vast resource filled 
area, you know, where everything is surely there for you. But I know, for example, the construction industry has been uh, hampered sometimes by uh, lumber uh, not being able to be exported from Canada or not being able to get enough of it and things like that. So there is a reliance on the international trade of materials as well, even in a vast place like the U.S., yeah, absolutely, Steve. Um, without a doubt. It's, uh, you know, I would love to think that we just have all the resources that we need at hand all the time. And unfortunately, it's just not the case. Um, and there is a really big dependence across the U.S. and then internationally of, of making sure that we have product where it needs to be, when it needs to be there. Um, you bet the lumber shortage was one that, um, you know, just had a massive impact. And like you said, is is very dependent on what comes out of uh, our neighbors to the north in Canada, we saw uh, lumber prices absolutely skyrocket um, in an inability to get, uh, you know, the lumber you know, where we needed to get it when we needed to get it. And, you know, fortunately, some of that started to level back out, but we've seen similar things in steel and, and, and other products as well. So without a doubt, it's something that, you know, I think we need to work across borders and we've got to try to get figured out is, is, is just understanding where the supply or where the demand is when it, you know, when and when it's going to be um, and try to figure out how we get, you know, product where we need to get it um, is a big deal. And just talk us through how uh, your software, your cloud-based systems help mm-hmm. contractors to generate really accurate construction estimates every time. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, historically, a lot of what's been done from an estimating perspective in construction, even with some of the largest contractors that would, you know, in the industry, is is uh, been pen and paper, and you know, taking take you know, doing what uh, people refer to as takeoffs, where you know we actually remeasure the plans and and uh, you know get the information and understand what material we need, um, has been done by pen and paper. Um, you know, I would say you know more commonly now is is Microsoft Excel. We see a lot of Microsoft Excel as well in spreadsheets. Um, but ultimately, what we do, we do a, a on screen digital takeoff where. Um, any contractor can take off any trades. So whether it's uh, cable runs for electrical or, you know, counting outlets or taking off walls or getting volumes for concrete, they're able to easily do those measurements right within stack. Um, we're able to get them the quantities that they need so that they kind of understand what, uh, you know, what materials they're going to need for the project. And then with that tie-in of pricing, uh, we're able to actually supply them real-time pricing, uh, depending on their region or area. So they're able to really quickly quote and kind of understand, you know, what the price is going to look like for a particular project. Um, And then they can kind of uh, finalize those estimates right within our platform. um, And they can turn those around to an architect or an owner um, relatively quickly or to a GC in the, in the, uh, uh, for for a trade contractor, and really, this is you know this is the ideal time for these sort of focuses because mm-hmm. we've talked about restrictions on supply, we've talked about the cost of supply, but mm-hmm. also the, the the other thing that we talk a lot about on this podcast is sustainability, and those mm-hmm. three things kind of converge yeah. in in a way that you say, well, for cost reasons, for supply reasons, and for sustainability reasons, we mm-hmm. don't want to be having too much material delivered on site, you know, if things are just going to be cut off and wasted. We, we want to know, to, to as close as we possibly can, how mm-hmm. much we need of this material, how much we're actually going to use. And that's uh, so important now for all three of those reasons. It, it really is. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at the overall numbers of construction waste, right, just wasted material from a construction project, or, or wasted man hours of not having the right labor on site when it needs to be there. 
um, you know, it's it's an area that we can, I think, easily fix uh, or not not easily, but we can at least make make really good headway um, with some of the technologies like Stack or or any of the others. I think the better job that we do planning projects in advance and understanding, you know, the material, the timeline, the labor that's going to be required for it. Um, we'll make it make a really big difference there. And, you know, I think as we look at sustainability, obviously, the, the less waste that we have, the better and uh, the more economical we can make these projects, um, the more they can be invested back into uh, to things like net zero and some of those uh, those areas as well. And what would be considered uh, traditional construction really has got to look at this because we, we've done, and I know you mentioned kind of that modular construction thing, which is really kind of building. We, we did an episode recently on that as well, you know, mm-hmm. where things are very efficient. You know, the, the stuff is delivered to the factory. It's cut to the right length. They are able to just put it together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need that on sites as well because otherwise it, it makes traditional construction less uh, competitive with modular and there's mm-hmm. all those extra costs of the clear up, you know, if you've got a load of stuff you've got to get rid of. You know, Absolutely. there's all of that going on at the same time. And it, 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 there is a strong business case for getting all this really, really sorted now. There really is. And, you know, and it, it's phenomenal to me if you look back at prefabrication and, and the history of it. I mean, it, it goes back such a long way. You know, in some some cases, we've done a decent job with it. In a lot of cases, there's there's a, a massive room for improvement with it. Um, you know, so I think you know, we continue to see an increase in in prefab on job sites. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things that that we are um, uh, we tend to lag in, in a lot of ways in construction. I think that just getting the idea, getting people's heads around the idea of what prefabrication really can do, what the long term cost savings is of it. Um, you know, uh, it'll take some investment, I think, up front in a lot of ways. And I think maybe some of that is what's holding up, uh, you know, some stakeholders from from doing it. But uh, but I really do. I think we're going to start to see more and more prefabrication. Um, and I think it's going to make a massive difference in in how we kind of operate. I think exactly to what you said, too, to, to kind of start us off is how dramatically that's going to change construction and the jobs um, uh, that are out there. Right. So, you know, very much this starts to become more logistics. Uh, play and technology and routing of of materials and things where they need to be, um, as opposed to the traditional kind of on-site construction that we're all so used to. And on the sort of sustainability piece, I think people are on kind of a, a spectrum in a way. You know, there are those who purely see it in terms of, well, this makes economic sense. You know, we have to look at this for the reasons that we've just discussed. And there are those at the other end who want to do it for the right reasons to protect the planet, to make sure that resources are available for generations to come. And then there are those, you know, who are kind of along that, along that line somewhere. Yeah. Well, my immediate thought when you say it is, is, is what I think is beautiful about it in the long term is that it really covers all aspects of it, right? Uh, as we, as we make it more economical, um, we can do more of it. Uh, it, it has a direct impact for sure on the amount of waste and how, um, you know, how environmentally friendly a lot of our construction projects can be. You know, I think I think today uh, we probably see the most um, emphasis from more of, of how environmentally friendly we can be to some regard. I think we are still struggling a little bit to fully understand as an industry the true economic value. And I think in some cases uh, we're seeing some of prefabrication can, at least in the early days, uh, maybe have a higher initial cost. But I think as we see more of it, those costs, like anything else, will start to come down. And I think as we do, we'll just see more and more uh, prefab. Um, And again, I think it'll impact 
uh, both sides of that. I think ultimately we can make things more economic um, in the same uh, at the same time that we're making them more energy efficient and uh, and reducing waste on job sites as well. So to me, it's a win win across the board. Okay, now what's the number one way would you say to lose and to make money on a construction project in your experience? You know, I think, you know, especially when it comes to our trade contractors and some of those folks, I think, well, or if you just look at the entire construction team, I think one of the biggest things that we're seeing is, is um, construction teams coming together earlier in the process. Um, you know, I think we've historically been pretty siloed as an industry. Um, you know, owners, architects work together to, to create plans. And then, you know, those GCs get brought in and then, you know, ultimately the trade contractors. You know, I think that the earlier we can start to form those project teams, get everybody on the same page, um, the more time, almost like anything, we can spend up front uh, on the overall project strategy. Um, I think ultimately um, the, the better project we have at the end. So, you know, I think I think getting all those team members together early, uh, we can start to value engineer. We can start to understand, um, you know, ways that we might be able to save money, ways that we might be able to use new technologies or prefabrication or all these different things that if we wait too long in the process, all of a sudden we don't have an opportunity for. Um, So, you know, I think that would be the biggest thing for me is just trying to see how we can break down uh, some of those silos that we've we've always seen between different stakeholders of construction projects. Well, collaboration has always got to be a good thing, hasn't it? I mean, not not so you get to the point of a committee uh, trying to work out how things are done, but just collaborating is great. And actually, I was this is wasn't a topic I was necessarily going to discuss with you, but mm-hmm. I, I, but just and obviously, I'm not asking you to give an expert opinion on this, but just a snapshot. Yeah. I mean, something else we talk about a lot on constructive voices is mental health. And mm-hmm. I think I think collaboration in an industry where, as you say, people are often working in silos and sometimes very much, you know, it's kind of one person doing their job they turn up they do their thing on site and they they go you yeah. know which which isn't necessarily conducive to great mental health how is your reading of kind of the mental health of the construction industry you know it's steve it's uh, it's always been something that's been uh, really close to me and a, and kind of a personal passion is to try to figure out how we can kind of help with that so anybody who's familiar with mental health in our industry knows uh, that our, our numbers tend to be fairly staggering. Um, we uh, we always tend to rank to the top of industries um, with mental health issues and in cases of suicide and things like that. You know, and I think I think some of it just plays into uh, the overall pressure that is construction and the environment that we work in. It's it's a very very tough work environment in a lot of cases. Uh, there's a lot of tight timelines and and difficult things that we have to do, and I think some of that plays into it. You know, I think it's one that. Um, that we continue to see, um, you know, here in the States and here in Nashville, you know, I will say some of the, the best things that I've seen is that it really seems that, um, a lot of industry leaders and thought leaders are, are, are really more willing to open up and talk about it than they have been in the past. And I think even in the last six months, the last couple of years, um, I've really seen a, a turn in that. And I think that's part of it is one, we just have to be willing to have that conversation, um, and in an industry that's it's historically uh, a relatively uh, male dominated industry, you know, where where people are expected to be kind of like tough and strong and those things. You know, I think it's one that um, that that if we can kind of lower our own barriers and be able to kind of start to talk about those things is going to be is going to be really critical. You know, I think the second is is, is trying to understand some of the aspects that, um, that may drive, um, drive mental health issues within the industry. And I do think that, um, the more comfortable that we can make our work environment, 
uh, environments. I think the you know the the more we can allow people to be home and close to their families and doing the things that they want and need to do, um, you know whether that's through technology or prefabrication or you know all the different aspects that come into that. You know, I think those are ways that we can all at least start to have those conversations and see what we can start to do um, just to make uh, to make construction a, a better industry for everybody and, and hopefully try to reduce some of those rates. Fantastic. Looking uh, back at technology as, as we draw to a close and yeah. both, both from Stack's point of view, but also the wider impact of technology in the construction industry, I, I want you to kind of do a bit of future gazing here and just kind of imagine where you see things going and how technology will change the industry in the coming years. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a, a very broad kind of a topic, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, I think, you know, it's a super exciting time to be in construction, right? Um, there's so many things that are happening. I think we really have uh, some young leaders who are coming up in the industry who are really pushing the evolution of technology, what we do, uh, who are really starting to understand the impact that it can have. And so, you know, I think for some smaller contractors, it'll be the the most basic of basic uh, uh, kinds of things of just getting on board with with your your estimating softwares and those kinds of things. At a bigger scale, you know, I think the, the um, we're, we're seeing so many great things from uh, artificial intelligence and what that can do and, um, you know, how we can start to uh, design and see buildings in 3D, um, you know, way ahead of, uh, you know, actual construction. So yeah, I think we'll start to see more and more visualization. Um, you know, I think the uh, I think we'll start to see a lot of, you know, robotics are coming on really big. I know you guys did a, a great episode on robotics here not too long ago. Um, we're starting to see some of that and, and not necessarily in just replacing uh, jobs or anything like that, but but helping to supplement um, and, uh, you know, also some of those more difficult jobs or, or, you know, where safety becomes an issue. I think we'll start to see robotics play a big um, uh, a big part there. Uh, and then I think, you know, prefabrication and uh, and sustainability. You know, we've talked a lot about it and it's obviously a, a big topic within the industry. But uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot more prefabrication coming up. Um, and I think we'll see a lot more offsite construction. And I think all the benefits that come along with that, both from an economic standpoint um, and from a sustainability standpoint, if we can kind of eliminate some of that waste, uh, if we can start to build things faster offsite, if we can get, um, uh, you know, materials where they need to be faster. You know, I think I think that's all going to going to play a big, big factor in what we do as an industry for sure. See, listeners to this need to be telling their kids just how exciting construction is now <laughs> and in the future. Absolutely, yeah. We need to we need to maintain that uh, that feeling, right? The whole thing that we talked about early of you know kids get super excited about construction when they're young, and uh, and uh, you know it seems to wane as they get older. And we need to just maintain that same passion and excitement that they have as kids, and uh, see if we can get more people out on job sites and uh, in the industry and get them excited about it. Yeah, we need to tell them they're the superheroes of the future, you know, because that's, you know, that is what construction does is building the cities and building the sustainability that we need for generations to come. Without a doubt, they really are. Um, you know, we wouldn't have anything that we have without construction and uh, we need to get more people passionate about it for sure. This is Constructive Voices. So there you go, Pete. That's uh, Aaron Henderson from Stack CT. Some interesting insights there. And what I found particularly interesting was, uh, you know, that whole piece about resources. And, you, you know, as I said to Aaron in the interview, you think of the United States as being this vast resource center where every single material you might need would be available. That's 
not the case. You know, they're still importing a lot of things. They're reliant on Canada for lumber and various other places for for other materials. And so they are as uh, impacted by the the rise in the cost of commodities as everybody else has been. You know, there's a saying in Ireland, the grass is always greener on the other side. And you always (laughs) seem to think that, uh, you know, other areas may not be having the challenges that we would be having uh, in in our region in Europe and and in our own countries and our and our own sort of close environment, but you know it, it was interesting to hear that the challenges are still very similar in terms of they, they there's a massive shortage in labour without the shadow of a doubt you know material issues that we're experiencing they are experiencing as well so I think it's it's fair to say that these issues uh, in particular the material issues are global all the more reason for us within the industry to try and find ways of, of resolving these issues or getting over these challenges we've got a lot of work still to do we've got you know a lot of demand for work to be done but we definitely are, are in turbulent times when it comes to cost of construction like there's just no doubt about it i'm, I'm experiencing it myself on projects day to day i have no choice but to, to 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 break bad news to to clients that the cost of the materials from the quotation a date to when we've actually had to buy them has changed and you know there's going to be an uplifting cost or a variation in the cost so it was good to get that insight there today from Aaron certainly tough times Pete across well all industries and all households as well at the moment uh, the other thing of course we talked about which is a global challenge is the labor shortage and getting people into the industry and that whole thing about enthusing people while they're young getting kids interested and getting them saying you know that's what I want to do as a career Let, let's start you know doing more for that I really do think that that you know we need to be uh, as an industry, we need to be, you know, more in tune with that, and we need to maybe be clever and put stru- structures in place so that the the transition from um, school and maybe college and then into construction is an easier journey than than what it is at the moment. And I think you know there has to be a change in attitude as well. Construction sites are not the dangerous, hard life that they used to be. They have changed modular build as as you discussed with Aaron there as well is it going to be a huge development over there that, like it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and that workshop environment is is a completely different environment to the on-site old school uh, traditional way of construction so it's going to open up a lot more doors to a lot more people and it also makes being a, a part of the construction industry um more attractive and it certainly it's allowing uh, a life in construction be an easier life than it was previously um, on your body and on, on, on everything that you do. So, look, I, I think some great stuff discussed there. Really enjoyed the, the insight into the life across the, the pond, as they say, and, and how things are going in, in, in that, that area. So it's clear to see that, you know, the construction challenges are global. The construction challenges hold no boundaries and uh, they they certainly don't discriminate in any way. They will be there for whoever you are in whatever region. Well, as we always say, the conversation is building here on Constructive Voices. And uh, yeah, another interesting episode today, but we've got some amazing episodes on the way. So I would urge everyone to make sure you're checking your social media on the Constructive Voices accounts. We really do. We've got some, we've got some, we've got some great guests coming on. We've got some really uh, good topics to be discussed. And as always, we will ask the hard questions and we will seek to try and get the the good answers. So um, really looking forward to hearing those and 
doing the talk with you as always, Dave. Absolutely. Always good. Uh, I'll let you get back to your work there in the gym, and uh, (laughs) we'll talk again soon. Cheers, Dave. Chat to you soon. And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive Voices. Here's the latest episode. And on our website where there's lots more information too. That's constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm